Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Just talk film! I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it outside. Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd I'm going to do a proper introduction Absolutely. because we forgot to. Or well, we just started well, talking because, you know, it was oh, yeah, just so comfortable. Oh, yeah, we've been here for hours. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's really comfortable. Well, this is Real Nerds. I am Ryan. This is James. And we are honored to have George's Jaunty, correct? Is that how you pronounce it? <laughs> yeah, Good. sure. Uh, he is the artist of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, season eight and nine now. And nine. Yeah. And it's really cool. It's cool to have you because me and James are huge fans. And Absolutely. to have you on oh, here nice. is an honor, so we really yeah. appreciate it. You were sort of like, you were that big name here that I was like, if we could get him, man, that would be so cool. Oh. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm sure know. all of this is recycled from Thank Rebecca you. Isaacks. No, no, it's no, not. No, 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 no. no, no, no. There was a completely different love for Rebecca <laughs> Isaacs. Um, yeah, she's a lot cuter than I am. <laughs> I'll give you that. I, uh, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the thing with uh, that, though, is the Angel and Faith book took us by surprise yeah. about how good it was, where your book, we kind of... It's just consistent it at this good. point. Like, and it's always good. Funny enough, well, obviously, before all of this ever got started, and we were still doing season eight, I was I was talking to Joss. Oh. Um, he called me Sorry. up. Um, I, I don't even know. I, called, I probably called him because I remember I was at lunch, and... It's one of those things. My phone rang, and I'm like, uh, oh, snap, it's Joss. Maybe I should take this. <laughs> and, uh, and he's like, yeah, I just wanted to call. You know, you call. I'm sorry. I couldn't get back to you. I was just calling you back. Um, and because I, I just had mentioned to him, hey, you know, we're coming towards the end of season eight, and I am just wanted to get a feel for you, what your plans were, mm-hmm. you know, what your future plans and all that with the comic stuff are. So whenever, give me a call. Uh, hey, hope things are well. <laughs> um, and then he does, and, and he was like, well, you know, are, are you planning on coming back? And I was like, well, <laughs> are, you? are you planning on coming back? Because <laughs> me coming back is really hinged on you coming back. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'll come back if you come back. <laughs> like, wow. Um, I think you would have been doing this regardless of yeah. <laughs> my involvement. Um, and I can't remember where I was going with this. Um, Were you? Oh, oh, right. Uh, well, he because I just had said, well, I'd heard that there was going to be an angel that we're getting the uh, franchise back from IDW, oh. and he's like, yeah, 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 we're going to do that, and we're going to sort of make it more cohesive. And um, but he didn't really have a plan for the angel book. He knew kind of where he wanted to go with Buffy, and and when I tell the story, I, I don't want it to seem like, oh, well, you know, I gave him the idea and he just <laughs> ran with it because that's not the case. Uh, but as we were talking, he was like, yeah, I really don't know what I want to do, where I want to go, or, you know, a, a lot of the specifics about it. And and I was like, oh, 
because I was still reeling over this whole Giles death. Thing, oh, and I was yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It, it, you have to involve that in some way because you can't just have Angel have killed, you know, spoilers, yeah. so I'm sure you guys... Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't have Angel just have killed Giles and let that be the case. And he's like, well, no, you know, Buffy is extreme. She can't even be with him. And, and in, a, in a weird way, that's what um, initiates Angel and Faith because oh, yeah. essentially Buffy has sent him away. Like, I can't even look at you i can't talk to you for all intents and purposes you killed my dad mm -hmm. you know and all that and that's um that's why there's a a, a page or two in the last issue of season eight i want to say where faith and buffy are talking and the last panel of that is is a close-up of um angel and there's like cuts and bruises on his face and you can only assume what happened, but there is a reason why that's the case and why oh, he's wow. almost catatonic, which I'm assuming will will be dealt with uh, in future issues of Angel. But because of that, you know, he goes off into his own book, and obviously Faith now is is rich and she can do what she wants. And and he was like, yeah, I just don't know where to, where to go. And I said, well, hey, you, you really need to do it. And he's like, yeah, maybe Angel tries to redeem himself by getting thinking he can bring Giles back. I'm like, it's brilliant. <laughs> Do it. Yes. That is that is the most amazing thing. Because well, that, that's what I love about that book is that Giles, which was so much the heart of Buffy, mm -hmm. is still, the, even though he's dead, he is, the, he is so the centerpiece of Angel and Faith. So um, much so where I told him, you know what? That sounds great. I would love to do that book. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, so you, so you don't want to do Buffy then?" <laughs> I was like, "Well, no. I'm I'm just saying. Uh, well, where would you rather have me?" He's like, yeah. "Well, I mean, you do what you want, but yeah, I'd rather have you with Buffy over yeah. there." <laughs> I was like, "Okay," but I knew it, somewhere in the back of my head, if this was pulled off right, this would be done very, very well. Oh and man, Christos Gage, obviously, who's the writer, he's just been killing. It's just real, and it's surprising me because I wasn't as familiar with his work. And I think a lot of the problems, people coming over to the Wheaton or the Buffy universe, whatever you want to call it, is finding the language yeah, to oh, yeah. these characters, yeah. which, you know, after seven years, oh, you yeah. all know. You may not be able to write it yourself, but you know what they oh, sound yeah. like. And very few people can write it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I thought with, with very few exceptions, we had a lot of the writers from the TV show coming and doing the book. And uh, Brian K. Vaughn, who wasn't one of the writers... I thought really came in and, and nailed oh, yeah. the, the dialogue so as well oh. as Christos yeah. now is really nailing the the this the sound uh, the, of Buffy, and um, yeah, I was I was just I, I was kicking myself thinking God I can't do two books a month, <laughs> ah, I can't do two books a month. <laughs> and I thought man that's an ego <laughs> like yeah. hey, book and I'll do that one too sure I'll and run the whole universe. And it's funny because uh, Faith was always a character that never quite connected with me on the show. Like it just, really? it never. I don't know what it is. It she was just connected me in so many ways. I, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but when when Brian Kavon came on the book, uh, um, his his arc was the one that broke that character open for me. And then Christoph Cage, Christoph Cage, just is amazing. What was it like to work with Brian Kavon? Is oh, where I'm going. Great. He I mean, was... were you working really close with him? Or um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I you know. I, I, I usually like to, I'm, I'm a very hands-on artist, and, and when I read the script, I usually like to talk to the writer to yeah. just say, well, let me get your thoughts. Where, where were you feeling emotionally? Because you can write something down, but just like sarcasm, especially yeah. in texting, you oh, really yeah, yeah, can't yeah. tell, was this meant this way or was this meant this way? So I really like to talk to the writers whenever possible. What was your intent? Where were you going? So I know how to illustrate yeah. that, that sort of thing. And same with Brian. And, uh, yeah, he came in. He's like, yeah, I love the, the universe. And he's like, I love the, the Faith stuff because Faith is from 
oh god and all these trivia no prizes here um <laughs> she's from uh someplace in ohio or, or baltimore oh, or ooh. Uh, where yeah, the I character think it is ohio. Faith Lahane is from is where brian Kavon was is from he's like yeah i grew up there so that's where the book actually opens where she's where she's from um and a little known fact that storyline was supposed to be the video game originally but oh. never really got off the ground wow. whereas somebody faith or buffy depending on what the video game would do was hunting other slayers because they've gone rogue right and it never came about but they shoehorned it into um into season eight along with there was a um a sort of a cartoony issue uh with uh, mark wade i want to say yeah -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, and that was an unfinished script for the cartoon the proposed cartoon that never went Got oh, off the ground wow. either, so huh. they were sort of recycling all of these things they were going to do with Buffy and just bringing them over into the comic book. But Brian Kay, I thought, was really, really yeah. great, and he, I, I, I can only assume he was, he was happy with me because he's like, "So what are you doing after this? Are you <laughs> stay with Buffy? Ooh. We could definitely do something." I was like, and it's, tempting. I will keep your number, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and now's the same. He's he's back in comics again. Oh. Now's your chance. That would be too cool. I know. Yeah, he uh, was just at that point going off and writing. Yeah, doing uh, lost and all for that. scripts and yeah. Yeah, doing lost stuff. So. Uh, that's too cool. Yeah. What was it like? So you you were handpicked by Joss to do. <laughs> Buffy, correct? <laughs> that makes me sound so much better than it actually is. Um, <laughs> I will say, and I, I guess I, I, I'm so self-deprecating, I can't ever really give myself a compliment. <laughs> I will say I was on a list of people that Joss put together and yeah. said, if we can get any of these guys, I would be really happy. Yeah. I don't know where on that list I was or how far down they had to go <laughs> right. until they got to me. But yes, he, uh, he knew my work. I want, you know, obviously, because Joss is a big comic book fan. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to say either from Gambit or from Bishop from Marvel, because I know he was more right. of a Marvel fan growing oh, yeah. up than a, than a DC fan. And he's, I, I mean, impressed the hell out of me. He's like, no, I remembered your stuff, and I thought when it came, I don't know how he would think Bishop and Buffy could ever be correlated. <laughs> that guy would be great for this book. Yeah. So that was, yeah, I was handpicked by Joss Whedon. Yeah. <laughs> and when, well, when that happened, because we talked yesterday to Rebecca Isaacs about how when she came onto the book, uh, what she has to go through in order to um, to turn those actors into those characters and, like, and uh, the, the process of, yeah. of, of getting them approved by the mm-hmm. actors and all of that. How long was that process? Was it was it hard? Um, no, well, uh, I mean, and, and I, I hate to, to rip down the curtain and show the guy behind the curtain and... Yeah, doing all of the uh, mechanics there, but it's it's an approval process. Yes, did I believe for one minute that Sarah Michelle Geller was actually looking at something I drew and said, oh. "I don't know if this guy's right." Let's see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I more akin it to uh, an office at 20th Century Fox, and uh-huh. whoever that licensing manager is, he looks at it and says, "Okay, yeah, this is approved. This isn't approved." I know all of the actors on the TV show; they have signed a contract that said something about merchandise rights and mm-hmm. likenesses whatever they did whether it be action figures or you know toys whatever comic books fell under that umbrella as well so they signed off on that already oh. and with the comic books getting the license likeness rights approved it's more of a thing. I guess they really just want to see that you don't draw her with a third eye or something. <laughs> yeah. or, you know, just something so far off the mark where you're like, did we approve this, really? Yeah. Like Don with the half horse body? Or- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that comes later. <laughs> that having been said, once they approve you, you're good to go. You're good. They 
it's funny they can't ever say anything again. So I can ideally draw Sarah Michelle, you know, any way I beautiful, but then God give her a, a black eye the whole time. Yeah. Uh, once I've been approved, because right. yeah, they can't really say anything. And this was the first time in season eight that Joss was actually involved. Funny enough, in the, in the comic books, because right. he had only ever really done Frey, mm-hmm. and then a, ta- a story in Tales of the Slayer. But he'd actually never been involved in the comics, and Dark Horse had already been publishing it uh, for, I don't know, five, six years at that point. And from there, I assume that, well, they figured if Joss is involved, I think he'll know enough to go, well, this is right and this isn't yeah. right. So they, they were very lenient, I feel, with me. Oh, okay. But I did have to go through an approval process, yes. I heard you talk to somebody yesterday about the fact that, uh, you know, because Buffy is a very iconic character, a, mm-hmm. a feminist symbol for sure at this point Very and somebody much. said something about making her boobs bigger and you made a point about like <laughs> no no there were specific things that they told you like that was and that was one of them that yeah. you couldn't do was I there anything else yeah. that they were like hey don't don't mess with this in 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 terms of that statement i think she was the the woman who said that was assumed that i once buffy was turned into a comic book her breasts would automatically get right. bigger which is a horrible and stigma yeah, of comics right? <laughs> yeah yeah well of course yeah and, no, that was that was Joss's. Thing. Well, Joss is always like that. And, but he was he's if he's anything, he's about diversity. And because yeah. he'd said, "All right, when you draw, the, I don't want them all to be perfect. You know, there are some heavy girls. There are some obviously black, Asian, Latino, whatever. You know, we're putting in there. There is a diverse group of of things and women in there. Yeah. So don't stay idealistic. Um, yeah, I'm a very big believer in. Well, if this is what the character looks like, why would you change? Right. Where. Buffy wouldn't have gotten a boob job done no. yeah. in, in between season seven and eight. Yeah. So I tried to keep her as very much the same character as she was on television. Uh, were you into Buffy beforehand? Like, were you into the show and all of that? No, I was. Like you, like you said, she's a, such an icon. I was aware of her from pop culture. I'd never seen an episode, to be honest. Well, I, I saw one episode when it's, it was in the run and that was the John Ritter episode. And I only saw that because I was a John <laughs> Ritter fan. Oh, man. A horrible so. way to introduce to the, get introduced to the show, though. <laughs> Probably, yeah, not one of the better episodes. Yeah. But I was like, oh, okay, okay. whatever. You know, yeah. It doesn't really do it for me. But, hey, whatever. I, the funny thing there, too, I've never seen Xena. Uh, oh, yeah. The warrior princess either. So, um, But that, that, that episode does actually kind of make sense because where I was going was that part of what I think makes your art so perfect for the book is that you are your style is perfect for balancing the humor and the action and the drama all together really well especially the facial features um and i i was just thought i w- i assumed that you had seen the show and knew it so well oh. because you 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 translate that so well well once they gave me the gig they sent me uh season six and seven. Oh, okay so my introduction to buffy actually is season was- six where she's actually reborn yeah. in a weird way, and then uh, going on through season seven. So I, I wasn't really aware of any of the other stuff. So a lot of it's funny because those first few issues of Buffy that I drew, had I to do it over again, I would have done it a little better, I think, because there's all of these little nuances I could have stuck in that I just was not aware of. Yeah, because I was really starting to draw the book before I was fully. Uh, immersed into the universe yeah um so i wasn't really as versed with that but i quickly got there on my own i went out and got seasons one through five and just you know had a, a huge marathon and <laughs> too cool and then angel and, yep. and then all the other stuff 
Do you have any more angel questions or buffing questions before I move on? Uh, no. I mean, you pretty much cover this. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Um, okay. No spoilers then. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So what's happening in the future? What's going hey, on? Hey, no, 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 no. I facial expressions, you know, when Buffy's dreaming about having sex with Spike while she's talking to him on his <laughs> ship. I love that whole, like, interplay with him. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. it is. Well, I'm no Kevin Maguire, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I try to... I. I mean, I, I was I, I went into acting a little bit in college, so I try to have the characters act. And, and and when you do take acting, they tell you you know always have a prop or always try to have the character do something, and not just stand there per se. Oh, yeah. So it, it's been a conscious effort of mine to, like you mentioned that scene, like Buffy's drying her hair as yeah, she's yeah. doing something, or, or you know doing just something that might not necessarily be in the script, but as an actor you're kind of like well what what's my motivation here what yeah. am i doing where, where what can i do in this piece so i'll i'll try to do that more often than not yeah um when you were into comics as a kid correct yeah sure pretty young yeah. always still into comics uh, <laughs> i'm at the store every wednesday anybody <laughs> wants to come by <laughs> yeah i might just drive across the, like, the country to do that that come sounds down amazing LA. <laughs> Hang at the comic shop. so tell me about daredevil 183 i've never read it why is that issue important One to you? Of, um, and Frank, I know Frank, Ma- Frank Miller's yeah, Daredevil yeah, yeah. 183. Um, why the 183? Oh, because know. that was the first Daredevil I picked. Is that what you read? I, I believe yeah, so, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. Well, you did do your homework. <laughs> um, I don't know I when just, I had time. That's a long, boring story. You don't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, at least as some maybe. idea of where, like, how did they connect to you? How, why were they so important to you as a maybe kid? Maybe more how did you a find condensed version. I, I grew up in Miami Beach. I went to, yeah. it's funny, now, I went to Miami Beach Senior High, which sounds like a, <laughs> like 90210. <laughs> 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 that's not a real school, is it? Um, so every, every day, and this is before you know now we're so hyper aware of things and this was before i understood that comics came out on wednesdays or they might not have even come out on wednesdays back then but i would always go by this little um this this, uh, drugstore back in the days when they used to have drugstores and (laughs) they had a spinning comic rack in the back and they sold comics and of course the guy who owned the place didn't really care about comics so there were maybe three or four months of comics just sitting in the rack and um, as an avid reader, I was I was really into stuff, and I was just a huge Fantastic Four fan, and by extension, a Thing fan. So <laughs> all of those titles, that was it. And I, I was just very snobby about going anywhere else. And at that point, you know, Daredevil was this character, but he was still such a second or third stringer. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. eh, I don't know about Daredevil. You know, I maybe want to get into this X-Men thing. You know, I hear that Wolfman and Byrne are kind of good at it. Yeah, but I don't know if I want to really get into that. Out of sheer boredom, one time, I keep going to that damn drugstore and there's nothing there. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, all right. Now, actually, f- f- along that line, I found the Teen Titans as well when Perez mm. and Wolfman were doing it. Um, I picked up a Daredevil issue and, um, yeah, 183. I can't remember what, what the cover was. I think it's Daredevil being shot by the Punisher. And I thought, well, okay, that's weird. Marvel wouldn't do that. They shouldn't do that. You have your two characters fighting like that. And I bought it and thought, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll, I'll go. And, I mean, it opened my world. Frank Miller opened my world to what storytelling in comics were. I was still in high school and I, I thought I might want to do this, but... I mean, not artistically, everyone says, oh, well, he's not as good. And I grant you that. But storytelling, the guy just blew me away. I was so immersed in that book. I quickly went to the same drugstore. And because he was just, he didn't care about his stuff, he had three or four back issues. (laughs) So I was catching up on Miller's Daredevil and just 
again, I thought, uh, you know, it's almost like you find religion. Like, oh, my God, <laughs> there is something bigger than me here. Yeah. And I can actually get it every month. Or at that time, it was coming out um, bi-monthly, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. So I caught up quick and had to wait, oh, anxiously <laughs> for, for the next issue. And that just blew me away in terms of storytelling. I realized comics aren't just that cool, hey, maybe the Hulk and thing will fight each other. Now it's like this is this is socially relevant. You know, this mm-hmm. yeah. this can actually move me. And I, it's funny, I, I later when I started doing comics with another friend, um, we we found out we had the same interest in that you know how you quote movies, you know, you're like, Oh, oh we're yeah. gonna need a bigger boat or <laughs> you know, that's no moon, that's a space station, whatever. We found we were doing that with comic books and we found we were doing that with Miller's Daredevil. You know, because he I, I think I met him once and he came up to me and he said, well, 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 can I go to help you out and do this? He's like, you are an idiot and I do not employ idiots. And I was like, oh, my God, Wilson Fisk said that to uh, um, uh, this other character in Daredevil. And he was like, how do you know that? And we just bonded from there. So awesome. that is too you cool. know, a totally irrelevant story. But that's, that's yeah. why 183 is so important. <laughs> well, now I know more. I can go and... Uh, uh, add to your Wikipedia page. Which is what, you guys do that? You, you sort of quote movies? and Oh, yeah. yeah, all that. yeah, yeah. We have a podcast where we do that. Like, I that's have, what we do. I have the best story for that. Because, yeah, I'm like that. And then as I uh, elevated in the business, I, I became part of Gaijin Studios, which is was at the time Adam Hughes, Brian Stelfreeze, oh, Cully wow. Hamner, uh, Tony Harris, Jason Pearson. You know, just oh, wow. the cornucopia of amazing artists. Yeah. And... You know, yeah, as, as geeks, you sort of, you, you quote movies, whatever, and, and you sort of try to outdo one another. You oh, know, absolutely. one of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so we're doing that. Um, and, well, sort of digressing a little bit, that same friend that we used to do that, he prided himself on this sort of thing. Oh, my God. Ad nauseum, he prided <laughs> himself. So one day he comes up to me and he says, hi. And he's like, where's that from? I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Where's that from? Hi. That's from every movie that ever came out. What are you talking about? Where that's from? And I would just, he was just that obscure. And of course, he has this smug ass look on his face that, oh, no, I thought you were one of yeah, us. Like, I got you. I yeah, got you. I got you. Hi. And I'm like, no, that's bullshit. I'm so, oh, I don't know. Oh, no, it works. No, you're good. good. Yeah, it's the internet. So, flash forward years, I'm. I'm sitting with Cully Hamner, and we're having very much the same conversation because mm-hmm. Gaijin love to do that as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, yeah, yeah. But I had a friend who came up to me one day and said, hi. And he said, where's that from? And Cully, straight face, looked at me and go, oh, yeah, that's Superman, Lex Luthor. And I'm like, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> wow. And he's like, well, it was the inflection, the way you said it. <laughs> I'm like, you know what? All right. There are geeks, and then there's just another level that I obviously will never be a part of. <laughs> Because my friend had said that to me too after after I said I didn't know where that was, and he's like, "Well, if you you know if you're in the know, you would have known," <laughs> and I just wasn't. So, well, it's a group you will always be welcome in, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny. Years later, I not to digress anymore, but yeah, I, I started going out with a girl named Lois. Mm. For six months, I was in 
Superman heaven because I was I was looking for ways to quote things from the movie, and my biggest get was like I like Pink very much, Lois. And there was at one point in those six months that I oh I nailed it. I actually got to say I like Pink very much, Lois. That's too good. That's, That's awesome. too good. And then eventually she saw the movie and was like, everything he's been saying to me for six months. There's no. There's no this is the most uninteresting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I should have just been stating Superman this whole time. <laughs> um, you've got a book you're doing with Jane Espenson that's online only for Spike, correct? Uh, that we did, yeah. I did that a year ago. Has not come out yet? No, I, it? I think it comes out in August, right? Because it's, so, yeah. it's on Marvel Previews right now. Yeah. Or not Marvel uh, Previews, but... Previews, yeah. Previews, yeah. And um, I'm trying to remember the book. Uh, no, that was... Yeah. Jane Espenson online only book. That's what I know. Uh, and wow. it's Spike. And it's yeah. not out yet. Um, um, is Buffy involved? or I don't know. I haven't read it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I only say that because Jane and I did work on quite a few things. Oh, okay. So I'm assuming that was the case, and Dark Horse loves to do that stuff way in advance. I did that oh, free okay. comic book day, God, last year. So yeah. Maybe they're finally just publishing it. Probably. Yeah. It was online, now they're publishing did you, it. Do you remember one that was online? Because my question was going to be whether or not that was a deliberate decision on your part. They never tell uh, me, no. To talk about doing it online course. only. Yeah, because they, um, obviously, as the world of comic books progresses, yeah. we are going in the digital age. Yeah. And Dark Horse more and more is trying to yeah. attract people, which I think is a good idea. It's sort oh, of yeah. attract people to the digital age and saying, here, these are things you can only get online. Just like mm-hmm. um, Joss's, uh, what was that? He was the band uh, he did the story with. Oh, uh, Dr. Horrible. No, not Dr. Horrible, but oh. the other one. The um, About a, a band of uh, characters who played in a band. Um, and that was only available. I have no time. idea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it, I have it, to. Eventually came in Dark Horse Presents. Con. But yeah, it's uh, Joss Wheaton and uh, somebody, Bell, uh, a European artist. And it's pretty good. Oh, wow. Um, but it was a Euro, it was a uh, online wow. only. Yeah, shoot, I'll have to find that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's interesting, you know, especially now when uh, an Avengers movie can make. Can make 150 or, or uh, you know over a billion dollars, yeah. and then comics is is still kind of trying to find its footing, even though that's where all of these characters grow from. Like it's it's hard. Like it's got to find some way to bring more people in, and if digital is that, yeah, um, totally. But if that wasn't your choice, then that question was just stupid. <laughs> no, I I mean I'm work for hire. I, I like to. Yeah. I would love to say, oh yes, they don't make a move without me and Joss. <laughs> <laughs> they have to approve it between the two of us. Yeah. Well, no, I, they, the they might have approached you and said, like, hey, this is what we want to do. And, They'll do they say, we're still trying to figure out where to put this, but mm-hmm. we do know we want to do this. And right. especially with people like Espenson and, and Andrew Chambliss, who's, who's doing Buffy now, those guys only have certain windows because, you know, their real job is writing Once Upon a Time or, yeah. you know, other yeah. films and things like that. Yeah. So we really need to get them when we can because we know we're the low man on the totem pole <laughs> in that priority level. Yeah. I mean, and, and I say that, but, you know, you talk to Jane and Jane's, everybody who's come back who wrote for the show didn't come back for the money. They came back for the love of the characters. Right. And that, I think, speaks volumes as to what Buffy and, does. You, know, you can tell, too, when you read the stories in season eight. Like, they have such a, the, the voices, mm-hmm. and it's people who love the characters. Oh, yeah, it resonates. It resonates, because even in the tells of the vampires and tells of the slayers, when they first got into it, it's yeah. just, 
it feels like home when you're a fan of the show, mm-hmm. and uh, it's it's just it's really cool. And it, it, it and it hurts when people will come up to me and I'll ask them, "Have you read the book?" No, I, I really don't know. I don't read comics, or even worse, somebody said, "I somebody told me I don't know how to read a comic book." Oh, <laughs> and I'm like, "Wow, this is this is what they give kids. How can you not know how yeah. to read a comic book?" Yeah. And I it just it. I wish that comics were of a more legitimate stature so that I agree. when something like this is done, it could be maximized more than I personally think it is being right now because yeah. people still look at comics as being the redheaded stepchild, I agree. you know, yeah. just a step above the romance novels or something <laughs> yeah. like that. Which is crazy because especially like, you know, you hear about how short people's attention span is now and all of that. And I think, well, then you should be reading comics. You should be reading comics every day. I I don't have time to read. I was an English major and I don't read books anymore. Like, that's how crazy it is. Um, Well, that's great. Uh, Do you have, obviously, you, you know, you do Buffy every single month. And that, I'm sure it takes a lot. (laughs) Yeah, that takes a lot of your time. But is there anything else that you're working on that you've got in the pipeline? I wish. I mean, I wish I were a faster artist that I could do two, maybe two books a month or something like that. Um, I am friends with, uh, I I will say that doing this Buffy thing, I've become friends with a lot of the uh, actors and writers of the show. And I was doing a show at one point, um, and that's how I actually became friendly with Felicia Day and did some work with her Guild book. Yeah. Um, and in the same token, I met uh, Claire Kramer, who was Glory on yeah, Buffy. Wow. And oh. she and her husband were starting up a, a website for a geek culture. Um, and they just sort of asked me, hey, would you like to be a part of it? We want sort of a really cool art uh, element. And she... Uh, Claire is very business savvy, and she's like, well, obviously there's me that I'm associated with Buffy, and you're the Buffy artist, so it was a no-brainer that I called you and and said, would you like to be a part of it? And these guys, I think they just recently went live last month, and it's called geeknation.com, so I'm I'm casually affiliated with that right now. Very cool. But that's it. I, I hate to tell you, I'm on Buffy for another year, so that's... Any... I live, eat, breathe, Buffy. Yeah, Ugh. and yeah, and there's certainly a lot of it left. So I shouldn't ask you whether there will be I, eleven I have pictures, but yeah, I'm of, pretty sure of Xander and Spike and Angel on my wall. And some people will come in my room going, <laughs> "Do you like these men? <laughs> Do you really like these men? Well, they are very attractive." <laughs> oh. I will say I've I've got posted on my wall uh, Illyria right now. Oh yeah, but I won't go any further than that. Oh man, <laughs> snap! <laughs> hey, uh, unless you've got anything else, Ryan. Oh, that's an amazing ending and teaser. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you so much. I don't much, know where George. she's going to come in, but who knows? It'll be a flashback or something cheesy. Uh, uh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Don't look for that in the main storyline at all. No. 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 Uh, well, thank you so much, George. Yeah, that was amazing. Because Not at all. Uh, again, yeah. thank you for coming to Denver. Um, you know, this was great. Yeah, I'd definitely come back. It's good, show. good, Sweet. good. Because next year it will be bigger for sure. <laughs> we were not good. going to let this die. I mean, you've seen the lines outside. People yeah. were hungry oh, for yeah. a con like this. Very cool. We're in the desert. We can't even drive. To I a noticed con. coming from the airport. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, wait a second. Did I land in Denver? Where is everything? <laughs> Did a bomb go off recently? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so thank much. Thank you so George. much. My we pleasure, really appreciate gentlemen. it. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. 
Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6NERDS5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bologna for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it. <laughs>